What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. So we are on episode number 108 and this week I'm going to be talking about how we should behave in a crisis. Now the timing of today's episode is no accident um, because this past week has been an absolute meltdown, a bloodbath in the uh, investment markets. So whether you own stocks and shares or whether you own crypto, you are in a total chaos at the moment because the market has really, really collapsed badly. Now, just to give you some figures, Bitcoin, which everyone was kind of raving about over the last while, Bitcoin is down 26% on the month and 36% on the last 12 months. Now, that's after a big rebound in the last few days. I know it, it jumped up 14% on Friday. Um, same for, for all of the th things. They bounce back nicely, but still they're down quite badly on the year. Ethereum is currently 32% down on the month. So um, you've lost a third of your money in the space of just 30 days and 43% down on the year. Um, there's a there's a coin, uh, like I don't really follow too much the coins, but I've heard of this one before, Cardano. A lot of people talk about Cardano. That is down 43% on the month and 75% on the 12 months. So it's pretty pretty hairy if you're, if you're sitting in um, holding those kind of shares. And then finally, Terra Luna. Um, Terra, or it's also known as Luna, is down 100%. Um, like pretty much you've lost everything if you had any money on that. Now that is... A total disaster but it's not just cryptocurrencies the actual crypto exchange coinbase which listed in the stock exchange for something like 300 billion or something like that some huge sum of money and um 300 million maybe i can't remember exactly but i know that it is now down 53 percent on the month and 73 percent on the year and I think it was the Security Exchange Commission in America came out and said that if Coinbase goes bankrupt, that everybody who has all of their crypto and stuff stored in those wallets will lose every single penny of it. And Coinbase had to come out and actually confirm that actually, yeah, that is the case because they're not a bank. They don't have the protection of the deposits. So you will lose everything if you have your money in Coinbase and it does go down. Um, alarming stuff and uh, but it's not just those kind of cryptocurrencies and stuff it is actually the the big tech companies that are really really popular like netflix is down now uh 46% on the month and 61% on the year and facebook is down 37% on the year so safe to say a lot of people are in you know real shock at the moment and uh you know you may not have ever seen anything like this before i'm sorry to say that i've seen it all before history tends to repeat itself every 10 or 15 or 20 years and so so in this episode we're going to get into how to behave in a crisis You are listening to Behind the Facade, and I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher. On this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and your behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. 
All right, guys, welcome back. Um, before I get into the main topic today, just a quick update. In three days time, I'm going to be getting married. Now, uh, if you remember back a couple of episodes, I actually got married like formally in a registry office last February, but the big wedding reception with the family and the party and all that kind of stuff, that is actually happening on Wednesday of this week. So this will go up tomorrow at Monday. It's Sunday now and I'm in the office on Sunday. Um, three days from now, I'm sitting and I'm going down the aisle and I'm getting married. So lucky man, feel very uh, privileged and uh, heading off on my honeymoon um, on Saturday. I'm going to be away for like 10 days and I just need to ask your help if I may. I, I you know, as you know, it's 108 weeks now. I have shown up consistently. I haven't missed a single week in, in 108 weeks and um, it, that includes today. And just in the last couple of weeks, I've been having trouble with the platform that I use. I use a platform called Lipson. And Lipson, I have been scheduling the episodes. So I usually record, you know, sometimes I record earlier in the week, but most of the time it's Saturday or Sunday that I record. And I schedule it for Monday morning, 5 a.m. And it's uploaded then. And that way, between the kind of releasing it across all the different platforms by 6 a.m., you're pretty certain to have the podcast in your hands and so if you're going to the gym or wherever you're going you'll have the podcast there that's the, the the scheduling that I've been working around but in the last few weeks it has not been going out on time for whatever reason like the software glitch or something like that and I find myself you know having a look at my phone at you know half past five or whatever and go holy what what's going on it's not actually up and so then I have to go down to the computer switch it on upload it again do all this kind of stuff and it's just been pretty chaotic and it's been really annoying. And so for the next two weeks, I'm going to be away on the honeymoon and I am scheduling three uploads in advance um, in anticipation of being away. And I'm a little bit nervous that there's a possibility that this is not going to work. And so look, if you guys, for the next couple of weeks, um, you, I can tell you that the schedule, the, the episodes are scheduled but if they do not go out on Monday morning at the usual time that you expect, please send me a message so that I know and I may be able to do something about it from away, from abroad, but I'm not sure I can. But just just so as you're aware, these episodes, it's not me, you know, easing off. This is still going out every single Monday morning, first thing, and it's just the software glitches are, are killing me and it's really been a problem. So anyway, that is my little request to you guys. And while I'm actually asking you for help, don't even hesitate for a moment to go and leave us a review over in iTunes or wherever it is you listen to the podcasts. It always helps. All right, let's get into today's main topic. And I'm a little bit of a rush today. So I just, I want to go into this, this behavior in a crisis. And there's a couple of things. There's two reasons why I'm bringing this up now. First of all, as I mentioned, the crypto crash this week. Um, not long ago, I got attacked. Uh, well, I, attacked is probably a strong word, but I got a lot of criticism a few weeks or months back when I actually came kind of down on, on crypto. I kind of said, look, there's no value there. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of risks. It's hard to value it. It's hard to kind of say what it's actually worth intrinsically. And, um, and I kind of, I did, I won't say I poo pooed it, but I did say, look, there are risks if you're heavily invested in crypto. So I urged caution 
And I actually ended up getting quite a few complaints from people saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm trying to pump property, all that kind of stuff. And like, I got to be honest with you, I have absolutely no axe to grind whatsoever. Um, I just have been through, you know, a lot of stuff over the years. And I really do believe that you have to take care that there is, it's very easy to get kind of caught up in whatever it is that you're doing and not recognize the risks until it's too late. I've seen it play out before and everything is going great and all of a sudden it's not. And once you suddenly realize it's not, then it's it's very, very um, upsetting because you kind of feel like you're frozen and, and you don't know what to do. Now, there are actually cognitive biases in effect when that happens. And I've done two full episodes on this, so I'm not going to dwell on it today, but episode number 20 and episode number 31, if you go way back, I talked about the, the cognitive bias in investment, uh, in the investment sort of mindset. And the two that I'm talking about specifically in terms of what's going on at the moment are confirmation bias and continuity bias, okay? Now, confirmation bias is when you're out there looking for positive news or positive data that will confirm what it is that you already want to. You just, like, you have decided that you want to invest in crypto, that you like crypto, that you like all this, that this is a great investment, and you're looking for positive confirmation that that is what you are that your decision is right and uh, and so the what happens when you when you're out looking for this positive information is that whenever you see information that pushes back against it you tend to reject this so confirmation bias is if you heard somebody saying that you know bitcoin was risky and that you shouldn't invest in it if you find yourself getting all upset and pushing back and saying, you don't know what you're talking about and all this kind of stuff. There's a slight chance that you are suffering with confirmation bias and you don't even recognize it. And that's the big issue is this. If you don't recognize that you've got it, then you can actually be blindfolded and uh, you could end up getting yourself badly burned. And the next is the continuity bias. And continuity bias is, is a tendency to downplay threats and risks. And so you kind of throw caution to the wind. And what happens is people say, you know, the market is going great. It's going to keep on going great. And the, 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 the catchphrase I was hearing all the time was like, buy the dip. Anytime there was a bit of a sell-off in the market, buy in more, buy more, buy more. And that was the whole thing. And it was this continuity bias was there saying that every time the market dips, you buy more into it and it'll bounce back and you'll be rewarded for doing that. And that is fine if it works it works, but it doesn't always work forever. And that's the problem here is that business models change, habits change, markets change. And at some point, what you've been doing consistently day in, day out for the last couple of years will suddenly stop working. And you won't initially recognize that it has stopped working because you'll be thinking, oh, this is just another buy, to, buy the dip opportunity. But actually, it may have passed and you may now be buying something that is actually going to continue to fall. So be very careful about continuity bias and just the ability to, to downplay those threats and just ignore warning signs. Now, I've been warning about this stuff for about the last six months, and I don't just mean crypto. I mean, the stock market has been overpriced for months. I've been warning about China, Evergrande, all of these things have been, you know, if you go back over the last 20 episodes, you'll see all of this stuff was out there warning signals 
And, you know, I was warning you about inflation. I was warning about the risk of a crash, all of this stuff. Now, I'm not here to kind of say, look, wasn't I right? I'm just simply saying that when you've been around the block, when you've seen this kind of stuff happen, you kind of become a little bit more immune to it. And you just say, yeah, of course, there's going to be a crash. Whereas a lot of people who haven't been through it because they're younger or whatever, they're going to be in denial and they're going to just be saying, no, it's not going to happen. Now, the second reason that I brought it up about behaving in a crisis is just because on a personal level, I have a friend, a good friend of mine who is going through a really difficult time at the moment and he's dealing with a crisis and um, I'm not going to go into any names or specific details or anything like that for his privacy, but it's a pretty serious situation and there's a good chance that he's going to lose his job over this. And, you know, so that means that his income is going to is going to be badly impacted and he loses his income but also there's reputational damage when you lose your job and stuff like that so and the advice like you know at the end of the day the guy has to deal with this himself but the advice i gave to him is look focus on what you can control don't fret over what you cannot control and that is advice that i i've given to myself over the years although not always initially. It sometimes takes a little bit of a delay before you realize this, but like there's three circles of influence that you have around you. You have circle number one, and that's the circle that's closest to you. And that is you're living inside circle number one. And you have full control over what happens and, and the influence inside of circle number one. This is your emotional uh, you know, reaction to things how you show up, all of that. You have full control over that. And that is the area where you should focus your attention. Beyond that, there's the second circle, and that's outside. And that is your friends and family. And, you know, we'll say those are the people that you're not in full control. They can, you know, they can reject your view of events or whatever. But generally speaking, you have reasonable influence over them and you can kind of hope to guide them and hope to kind of like make them see your side of it so you're not in full control but you do have some influence and that is the second circle the third circle is beyond your family and friends like it's your peers and and just general society and you have zero control over what they believe and what people think about you and, and, and it may be that initially you can influence what people think about you through, you know, public relations and all that. But the reality is, is you can lose control of that very quickly. And so don't spend time worrying about that stuff. The reality is, is you don't have any control over it. All you can control is what it is that it, you can directly control inside your first circle. And so, I mean, here's some examples. I mean, in the, in the, in the news at the moment is... Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, like they're going through their their divorce, or well, they've been divorced, but they're going through this um, defamation case that Johnny has taken against Amber Heard. And don't get me wrong, like I'm sort of team Depp on, in this one. You know, Johnny seems to have been badly wronged, and and uh, but he's he's there trying to control the damage to his reputation, and it sounded like a good idea, like he, he'd been wronged, and so he's out there trying to kind of right the, the reputation. And certainly the public, a lot of the public seem to be in favor of him. But in my opinion, it's, it's a bit of a train wreck for both of them. Uh, even for Johnny Depp himself, who, who's very popular and, and who I, you know, admire. But now looking behind the scenes and like them kind of 
airing their dirty linen in, in the courtroom and stuff. It's absolute disaster watching. Like, so the guy is a drug addict and an alcoholic and like just listening to the stories, I think to myself, is Disney or Harry Potter, all of these kind of things that he's been in over the years and he's made like hundreds of millions being part of them. Is there a chance that he will ever work with them again? Like drugs and alcohol and all this kind of stuff, it is not a good look for any kind of program, uh, any kind of studio that deals with children's television and all that. Like, um, I just think it's a total disaster for the two of them. She definitely looks guilty as sin, but like that is neither here nor there. Another case that's in the papers at the moment, and this is not something that I pay a lot of attention to because it's tabloid nonsense, but this um, uh, Wayne Rooney's wife uh, and, and this lady, Vardy, and they're calling it the Wagatha Christie thing, you know, and it's, I mean, it is a whole lot of tabloid fodder, but um, the reality is, is that this lady, Vardy, she took the case, I think her name is Rebecca Vardy, she took the case against Colleen Rooney, why did she take the case? I have to imagine she thought it would be good for publicity because she seems to be kind of a publicity hound who wants to kind of go and get the, the newspaper coverage and all that. But it's another train wreck. It's a total train wreck, all this kind of nonsense. And they're going to, somebody's going to be landed with the costs and it's going to be millions. But they are desperately trying to control the narrative and the, try to control what other people think of them. And it is utterly futile. And um, like... If you just removing, like leaving the, aside those two examples, that's just public examples. But this is similar to you looking at Instagram and thinking, wow, look at this guy's lifestyle. And, you know, you, you're getting kind of influenced by the, his desire or her desire to kind of influence what you think about them. And, and that is their stated objective. Like that's why they're putting it out there. But the reality is, is that, there's often an awful lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And so just focus on what you control about your life and don't be worrying about other people and other lives and stuff like that. Now, what is the best way to deal with this kind of drama? Um, I've come up with what I call the five deadly Ds in a drama or a crisis. And they are as follows. Drama, denial, delay, deliberation, decision and then finally damage done and uh, starting with drama like whatever it is the crisis is it happens whether that's a fire in the middle of the night uh, when you're at home or whether that is you've crashed your car or whether that is the markets have collapsed or you know your your bank manager has just pulled the plug on a deal or whatever it might be there's a drama and a lot of the time there is immediate response from you is denial you do not wish to accept that this drama is happening or that it's got, you know, long-term consequences. And so you go into this sort of denial format. And when you're in this denial, you're kind of like, look, everything is going to be fine. This thing will be sorted out. I'll sort this out. Don't you worry. And this is only a temporary glitch and whatever. And that's the kind of the problem is, is that there's this period of denial when you just don't want to accept that there's, there could be a major problem here. And so that denial leads to delay. And rather than immediately dealing with the drama and the situation you're in and rectifying and doing whatever you can to get out of it, you're in that denial period which delays your action to turn up, situ fix the situation. 
And fast forward then over and you get into the whole deliberation. After a while, you start to realize, hmm, maybe I've made a mistake here. Maybe I really actually need to take action. That's the period of deliberation. That's where you start to accept that maybe I've made a mistake. I see everyone else is reacting. Maybe I need to react too. And this is the deliberation going on in your head. Again, delay. And then finally, you make a decision. Well, I got to go and take action. I got to really act quickly here. And that is eventually you've taken that decision. But that delay causes the damage. And so a lot of people, when there's a crash, they refuse to, you know, when the stock market dramatically drops or something like that, they're in denial. They don't, they delay. The market continues to fall and the damage is done. Now, you got to keep an open mind is the bottom line is that investment is all about diversification okay going back to the point about me sort of saying that perhaps crypto is a bad investment um to, to have all your eggs in i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with throwing a certain percentage of your portfolio into something like crypto because it has done incredibly well but it's incredibly volatile as well and so you've got to keep an open mind to the fact that it could be highly volatile and also it could be this kind of period that we're in that will eventually pass and then there won't be the same kind of gains. And all of these coins and stuff that are out there, like there could be a, a moment, like a Lehman moment as they're calling it, where it collapses to zero. So diversification is the way to kind of avoid this. And diversification is just having all your eggs in the one basket obviously makes no sense. You've got to put your eggs in the basket um, you got to spread it around, spread the risk. What you want to have is a situation where if anything, if any one market collapses, it only represents like 5% or 10% of your portfolio. You're not looking at the whole portfolio collapsing around you. So you put a certain amount into cash, certain amount into crypto, certain amount into stocks and shares, certain amount into property, and a certain amount into maybe a business, into uh, investing directly in businesses, whatever it might be. Um, or like forestry or whatever it whatever it is. And you end up with something that can, you know, react or that just basically remains slightly more stable than the up and down volatile markets. Now, the problem with diversification is it's steady and it's predictable. And therefore, a lot of people would think that that's quite boring. Everyone loves when their stock, when their portfolio has risen 25% in a day and Bitcoin on Friday went up 14%. I mean, that's great. It looks really good in your portfolio when, you're, when you've jumped. You know, but when you're looking at 70% down, it doesn't look so good. So people are kind of fixated on the up days and they kind of want to ignore the down days. You're liable to get emotional when this kind of stuff happens. And you're also liable to get emotional when other people appear to be winning and you're not. And so this is where you kind of get dragged in. Now, I, I can remember a friend of mine was buying stocks and shares and was doing really, really well on it. And I remember him telling me about this one investment he did that he was up 40,000 or something. And I remember going, what, 40,000? Straight away, I was in the market trying to do the same, trying to replicate similar gains. And that is the kind of emotional thing. You, you react to other people's wins. So if you're seeing people on Instagram and you're seeing people like, you know, oh, I bought this NFT and I'm up a million and look at my car now, look at my lifestyle. Like that is all your emotions playing. You should just ignore all of that. That is perhaps a one-off 
that the guy got lucky or perhaps it's all horse shit and the guy didn't make any money at all and he's just putting on an act because he wants you to buy his course on crypto or whatever it is so look if you're if you're disagreeing with this advice now if you want to push back if you find yourself saying gavin you don't know you don't know what you're talking about you got to ask yourself why are you pushing back on this advice is it because i'm you know giving you some disagreeable you know uh, is this pushing against your beliefs is this advice making you feel threatened like you don't want to admit that you could be wrong and that is again confirmation bias working on the back of your mind like you're looking for the positive you're, you want somebody to tell you buy in you're doing great hang on to what you've got you're going to you know it's all going to bounce back and if you're you know i'm not saying that's the right or wrong attitude i'm just saying that why are you pushing back on somebody giving you advice it might be because you've got confirmation bias whether i'm right or wrong is irrelevant it's just whether or not you're suffering from confirmation bias and again continuity bias remember the party will never end is a feeling that a lot of people want to believe and because of that they stay in a market too long and they get burned it now do not get emotional emotion is going to make you do foolish dumb shit and that is one of the biggest things you're not going to make all the money back okay if you're mar if the, if the if if your you know crypto has fallen by 71% in the last week or something like that you're not going to be able to make that back there's automatically this kind of sense that you are going to make it back and i'm going to go and i'm going to you know that's how all of these big traders that are in you know the banks that have that have gone wallop and you know nick leeson famous for the bearings bank back in the 80s or whatever he lost two billion and he actually folded the entire bank or whatever and a bank that had been around for 160 years was folded because this guy kept on doubling and doubling and doubling and kept on thinking i've lost this money but i'll double down and i'll make it all back i lost this money i'll double down and i'll make it all back and he kept on doing it until the he was it was too late and he was discovered and at that stage like he spent a couple of years in jail so look the likelihood is it's probably too late to uh, at this stage to do anything you probably as well just to stay in because you might actually miss a bounce but then you know if you do miss if you do get you know if it bounces back maybe take some of your profits out like just don't have all your eggs in the one basket uh, also another thing to just bear in mind is that it was never yours to begin with okay people always fixate on their wealth um, on the level of their wealth and what you often will find is that your wealth hits a peak and you'll always remember that peak like back in the 2007 or whatever i remember hitting this peak my portfolio my property portfolio was valued at 65 million i can remember every day after that when it started to fall i was remembering it was at 65 and i was thinking I'm going to get get it back to 65. Now, of course if I had sold everything at that level, perhaps I would have locked in that profit. But the reality is is it was only a temporary valuation for a couple of months and then certain things happen and it falls back and whatever. But people fixate on the level that they can remember on a certain day. The reality was that the market was overpriced. The real figure was probably substantially lower and you may not want to admit it. But, and certainly I did not want to admit it, but the sooner you admit that it was never yours to begin with, like that higher level figure that you were at, that just wasn't realistic. 
And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you actually start to deal with the situation. And this might be a little bit painful for some people to hear, but this is, uh, is given out with the best sort of, um, I, I do mean the best in giving out this advice. Looking back, how could I have avoided um, this in happening? Um, how do you, you know, avoid this kind of thing happening in the future? Well, the best way to do it is, you know, scenario planning. You've got to have a base case and you've got to have a pessimistic case. And your base case might be that you're going to do well and all this kind of stuff. But you should always have this kind of pessimistic view that, you know, assume that this, that shit's, shit's going to happen. And, you know, I've always talked about the four E's. You've got your ego, your emotions, economics and events. And events are the one that you cannot predict. Events come out of nowhere and, you know, divide your portfolio in half, throw the whole market on its head. So the final bit of advice is, you know, focus on what you can control. Focus on how you show up in your health and fitness and focus on how you show up with your family and your friends. Those are the things that you can directly control. You have emotional control over how you show up with your family and friends and you have control over what you eat, how you, you know, work out, how you're, you know, mentally, your mental fitness and health and stuff like that. All of that is super important. When people are in a crisis, they tend to uh, turn to this kind of crisis mode and they start to neglect all that other stuff. And that is actually the time when you need to focus on something that you can control. In my case, I tried to become the fittest person that I know. And that's the advice that I gave my friend there recently. And that's how I got to through 2008. Also, you've got to take ownership. And this is this is a difficult one and there's a great book by a guy called Jocko Willink called Extreme Ownership and it can be very very hard to accept this and certainly it took me a while to accept it but you've got to take ownership for whatever you're going through at the moment and I mean total ownership okay you got to own your shit and you've got to basically say you know what I am not blaming others for this this is on me this is totally my fault now, it may be that there are other factors at play and there may be other people that are kind of like acting against you or whatever it might be. But the reality is, is that the situation that you are in, you put yourself in that situation. And if you accept that, then you can deal with it. If you, it's very hard to deal with anything if you're not willing to accept some or all ownership of it. You can only get out of the problem when you accept that you're part that you're the reason that the problem exists in the first place. And uh, my friend and coach, uh, JP de Villiers, he was hit by a car and run down and broke every bone in his body and all that kind of stuff. And his attitude was, that was my fault. Now, it was a drunk driver driving a stolen car, um, and it, he hit him and did a hit and run. You could say easily, that's definitely not JP's fault. But the reality is, is that... Um, JP took full ownership and said, no, no, I put myself on that road at that time when that guy was there, and therefore it's totally my fault. And that was the only way he was able to kind of deal with the recovery and all that by, if he had dwelled on blaming this guy, can't believe this guy did this to my life, my life is destroyed, blah, blah, blah. That's not how you're gonna deal with this. So try and think the same. Um, you know, I do think the crypto and the stock market could it impact the property market? I, I don't, I like to think that it will not. But again, keeping an open mind, I have to say, you know what, there's a good chance that it will. That, um, 
you know, the, the inflation that's causing the banks to raise interest rates, which is what kind of has triggered this crypto and stock market crash, it could also impact the property market. Now, that my first impression is no, because I keep, you know, but I'm willing to keep an open mind. But my first impression is that, you know, the supply and demand imbalances in, certainly in the Irish market, are so huge that it, it's not going to be possible to fix that short term. And therefore, I do think that the market will bounce back if it does get impacted. But inflation is going to be pushing up interest rates, and is, that is going to definitely impact affordability, which I've mentioned before. I've talked about the drivers and the real estate market. And um, affordability is definitely a driver of prices. And therefore, at the moment, affordability is an issue. And so I do think that we could see some sort of impact on pricing. But um, I do think the supply-demand imbalances out there will ultimately take control again and it'll, you know, the market will bounce back. So it seems like a safe enough bet long-term. If you're getting in short-term, if you're, if you're borrowing money, you got to go and, you know, thread carefully. This is a good reason why I think it is time to focus on, you know, understanding property investment. And uh, so I'm going to put a little plug in for my coaching program the Elite Property Accelerator. Um, I'm taking the next intake when I get back from my honeymoon. It's going to be the second week of June. So if anyone's interested, send me a DM. I'll send you on the details. And uh, I'll catch you all after my honeymoon. Take care. Hey guys, it's me again. Quickly before you go, just as I said before, take a moment to leave a review over on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you like to to use. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, please leave a comment below on the YouTube video or just connect with me in the Facebook group Behind the Facade community. My social media handle is Gavin J. Gallagher and you can connect with me in there. And don't forget to check out my new property investor readiness test, uh, which I've put a link below. And finally, consider joining my tribe over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. Catch you all in about three weeks when I'm back from my honeymoon. I hope the episodes go out between now and then. And uh, between now and my at the end of my honeymoon, I wish you all a great week. Talk soon. <laughs>